Welcome to NARAL's The Morning After. Each Thursday, our podcast brings you the latest on reproductive health care, progressive politics, and the fight to keep abortion safe and legal. NARAL's The Morning After is a production of NARAL Pro-Choice Ohio. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ProChoiceOH. Enjoy the show! Hi, I'm Gabe. And I'm Jamie. It's just the two of us. I know, you're stuck with just the two of us. Yeah, well. I'll try to make it fun. Kelly and Vashita are off doing different things in different areas, and so uh, it's it's just Gabe and Jamie this week. Uh, so happy FBI raid day, Jamie. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, the Ohio House is a complete and total mess. So yes. actually, the Ohio House Republican Caucus. Let's yeah. really narrow this down. It's just that. Just them. I would say half, but it's really like two thirds. Yeah, it is two thirds. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's two thirds. But yeah, so not only that, but like they also can't pick a new speaker. So the FBI is raiding the office of the previous speaker, and they're in such turmoil and such a mess that they can't even get 50 votes to elect a new one. So they canceled session last week. I think we talked about that last week. Yes. They canceled session again this week. They canceled it yesterday because they thought that they didn't exactly have the ability to schedule a new session without a speaker. The law on that was a little weird. Right. So, so so they're not canceling session. They're canceling specifically sessions wherein they would vote for the new Ohio Speaker of the House. I mean, they're canceling sessions, so they can't do anything, but yes. But, but specifically because they can't. Yeah. Yes. They don't know who they're going to pick. Mm-hmm. And they can't, have, <laughs> they can't do any other business of the House until they pick a new Speaker, and therefore they can't have session until they have a Speaker. Right. So, so the Ohio, the Ohio General Assembly is just in complete disarray right now uh-huh. because there is no Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. And the old Speaker of the House, uh, just today, the FBI, like, yo, yeah. <laughs> knocked down his door mm-hmm. and storage locker. Yes, which is where all of his <laughs> office stuff supposedly went. That was uh, the storage locker was the boxes that he loaded out of his official state office when he left, when right. he resigned. So it's, it's really remarkable what we, we we've jumped right to the second thing in our <laughs> agenda today, but, um, eh, you know, it, the state government here in Ohio is, is really at an odd point of multiple layers of corruption and resignations. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing this, the, the origin of this mess is, um, Payday lending, mm-hmm. and and you know these go cash your check for an enormous uh, you know amount of fees. These storefronts have been trying to lobby state government, and the Speaker of the House Cliff Rosenberger accepted multiple trips, trips and gifts and all kinds of crap. Yes. Yeah, and you know some some moolah, and should not have from these lenders who cheat Ohioans every single day just by their own existence. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so he had to resign knowing that this was coming, and now it's here. Yes. And what's really ironic is that one of the 15 bills that they are not voting on that were on the schedule last week but have just been sitting there because they can't decide on the speaker is actually a bill about payday lending. Right. That they've all been lobbied on. Yes. And there's probably... You know, the, I I think it's safe to say that a good part of the who are we going to get to be the speaker is who you know who might who might be interested in the job or powerful enough, but might still have some of this taint 
from, oh, yeah. from payday lending on them. Well, yeah, because I mean, the they person, can't step up. Yeah, because the person that they're looking at, Ryan Smith, is former Speaker Rosenberger's roomie in their um, Columbus apartment. So they like roomed together in an apartment in Columbus when they were in Columbus and was like his hand-picked successor. So, I mean, they were very, very close. So who knows what Ryan Smith's hands are tied to in all of this as well, which is some some of the reason why there is this group of members who are refusing to vote for him right, right now because he's in the lead. I think he's got like 47 votes or something like that. So he only needs a couple more because they won't vote until they have 50 Republicans like together to vote for him. Right. So he's only a couple short. To me, to me, that's not surprising because, you know, it, you obviously know this, so I'm not telling you anything, but <laughs> for, for people who are new to the state house, uh, the first thing you see, um, when you, when you look at the structure of elected officials is the speaker of the house and the president of the Senate, they're standing up there in the big chair, holding the big gavel. Yep. They're obviously the ones that are calling the shots in terms of how each chamber works. Mm-hmm. But the most important stuff that the General Assembly does is passing the state budget. Yes. And so we know that uh, (coughs) after the heads of each chamber, the most important members in there uh, are the two finance chair, uh, finance committee chairmen. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and because the Republicans control everything right now, they're both Republicans. Yes. So there's one state senator in Ohio who's the chair of that Senate Finance Committee. And in the House, it's the exact same thing. The chairman of the House Finance Committee. Those two guys control what goes into and what comes out of a $60 billion budget. Yes, something like that. Every two years that runs the state of Ohio. It's an incredibly important position. And Ryan Smith for at least the last cycle, I think the last two cycles, budget cycles. So, so for four years now, he's been the guy in the Ohio house to decide what goes in when they get their bite at that apple to, you know, put $60 billion into, you know, various little pots for the state of Ohio to run with. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's going to be getting, all of the attention from lobbyists. Oh, yeah. And if the corruption stems from lobbying, you, know, yeah. you got to assume that there's dirt on this um, guy. And he's the one who potentially could be the next Speaker of the House. Yeah. What I also can't understand is why they just don't... I mean, I guess they really want controversy and on some level because they're going to have another big, huge fight because they're already set up to have a big, huge fight between Ryan Smith and Larry Householder mm-hmm. in January because Householder needs a bunch of new members to get in that he's supporting so that he would have the votes. So we already know there's going to be another big, huge fight about who's going to be speaker in January. So here we are, what, six months before that, having another big, huge fight about who's going to be speaker of the house. Like, get your crap together, guys. Right. <laughs> It's, been, it's a giant mess. Yeah, and I mean, the other part is they've been in charge for how long now? Shouldn't they understand how this works and figure this out? Like, what is your problem? Right. But I think it really just goes to what we're seeing at the federal level, too, is you get a whole bunch of people who are elected saying, we don't need government. Government's stupid. I'm going to drain the swamp. We don't need this. We don't need that. And, and right. Elected then to run the government that they say we don't need. And then everybody's shocked and surprised when government doesn't work. Right. Like, hello. Right. 
You don't want a bus driver who hates buses. Yes. Because he's probably going to wreck it. (laughs) Exactly. So (laughs) why are we doing all of this ridiculousness? It just really goes to show that everybody needs to get out and vote and vote for a Democrat so that these people don't have the unilateral crazy power that they have right now. Right. All of all of this corruption comes from the same party uh, who does want to continue to promote and, and has been promoting abortion restrictions, uh, restrictions on reproductive health care providers. Um, you know that that has been. We see it as a real legitimate issue because where you've talked to the women who are trying to go mm-hmm. to the doctor, we yeah. know that they're seeking access to health care. Uh, for many of these Republicans, promoting anti-choice, anti-abortion restrictions is just a way to, you know, continue getting them votes from Christian conservative voters, oh, yeah. you know, continue getting them that endorsement that they can put on their website mm-hmm. from all the different groups uh, that, that signal, hey, I hate abortion rights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, it's just another box to check. It really yes. is. I mean, what you saw in all the Republican primary ads that thankfully are gone off of my television at this time um, was come back. the NRA loves me, a higher right to life endorsed me, and I'm going to drain the swamp. I mean, right. those were like the three boxes you had to check in order to be a Republican candidate right. in the primary. So, yeah, it's just another box to check. They don't actually care. It's a political football that they like to toss around. Right. Uh, so the FBI is checking out the former Speaker of the House. Uh, the current members are trying to pick the next Speaker of the House. That's one big scandal. That's all on payday lending. Uh, something else we didn't put down here, but I just want to throw in is there's a massive scandal about ECOT right yes. now, which mm-hmm. I think is kind of, it would be hilarious, but it's cost Ohio taxpayers millions and millions mm-hmm. and millions, and I think like nearly a billion if you yeah, I think all it this is. stuff. Um, for an, an online charter school, which to me, the the origin of my understanding of this thing was this stupid TV commercial. I'm going to put a video on the show notes of this high school band, New Hollow, riding on their tour bus. Do you remember the New Hollow commercial? I do remember that one. Now that you said that, I had totally forgotten about that. But yeah, like we can go on tour because we go to school with ECOT. Right. Yeah, they they were skipping class, taking classes online, and riding around on a taking tour bus. Classes, air quotes, online. Yeah, and and that was uh, you know half a decade ago, maybe more. And now we've suddenly learned that the classes were worthless. There was no oversight. Mm-mm. The organization, you know, that this charter school was committing massive amounts of fraud and overbilling, uh, and. Mike DeWine failed as attorney general to, mm-hmm. you know, to prosecute them. And John Husted as then, you know, head, because he was a, a speaker of the house mm-hmm. back then, he was, you know, making sure that they were able to operate as they wanted and taking big checks from them. Yeah. Husted actually got the only honorary high school diploma from ECOT ever given. So, yeah. It, yeah. It's definitely something that's going to be huge this election cycle. And it really does show just how much this pay to play and turning the blind eye. And it just, I mean, Republicans run on, we're the fiscal conservatives. We're going to protect your tax dollars. And then we see them giving a billion dollars to a school that didn't educate their students. I mean, there was a research study like released a couple of years ago now, I feel like, that looked at where ECOT students were in September in a school year mm-hmm. on learning, I think it was like math and um, like reading. 
kind of fundamental pieces and then looked at them where they were in June. And so that's a full school year. You know, you should be progressing a full school year ahead. Right. ECOT students lost knowledge. (laughs) They were worse in June than they they were in in September because they weren't in school and they weren't doing anything. And so, yeah, I mean, this was all these, you know, we hear about how so many public schools are struggling and don't have any money and are all of our property taxes are going up because they keep having to come back to increase levies and everything else. One of the main reasons is that charter schools are taking money out of the coffers of these traditional public schools. And one of the biggest ones of those was EGOT. Right. So, yeah, it'll be an interesting... More scandal. More scandal. <clears throat> and it just really does show. I mean, once you have one party rule that cont- continuously controls the state legislature and, for the most part, the governor's mansion... They, there's no accountability. Right. There's nobody, no, you know, the wolves guarding the hen house. That's, that's exactly the case. Um, we uh, read an article this week uh, in The Nation which really clearly uh, illustrated yet another problem with state government, uh, TANF money, which we've talked about on the show in the past. Yes. Um, Temporary assistance for needy families. Right. This is kind of like food stamps uh, in that, you know, this is cash assistance to go to poor families, but where food stamps has to go to, like, specific foods, this is money that can, and and we're hearing about it specifically because residents are seeking this to literally pay water bills, buy diapers, things Mm -hmm. that food stamps won't pay for, but families need. You know, they need electricity, they need heat in the winter, they need water. Um, Clothes, shoes, backpacks, those kind of things, yes. Uh, And so according to this article in The Nation, uh, it says last September, and I didn't hear about this then, so this was news to me. Um, It says a bipartisan coalition of approximately 70 mayors across 13 counties in Appalachian, Ohio, had an idea. Uh, because so many people in their counties had been thrown off of TANF, denied funding, mm-hmm. they went to the Kasich administration and said, hey, can you please authorize these poor families to get this this money? And so what we've learned is that the state of Ohio has a half billion dollars yes. for this purpose. A half of a billion, one more time here, one half of one billion, not million, billion dollars just right. sitting around. There's $500 million that they won't hand out. Yeah. And they can only hand out. I mean, it's the TNF fund. So it's not like it can be then turned around and go someplace else. It's to help poor families who need cash assistance for things. Right. And the major issue is because they're kicking people off because they can't meet these ridiculous work requirements. So in order to qualify for these funds, you have to be in school or have a job that reaches the level that they require. And I think it's like 30 hours a week or something like that. It's a ridiculous amount. Right. And I think, not not 100% sure about this, but I think it exempts people who like have like women who have kids under a certain age, maybe it's a year or so, but you know, it still doesn't qualify anybody like that has a kid later and you know, it can't work because they've got a two year old and if they work, they're actually losing money because they have to put the kid in daycare and those kinds of things. So they're, they're just impossible to actually accomplish these work requirements. So we've kicked all these people off so that we've got a half a billion dollars just sitting around. Right. And what does Mike DeWine and the Ohio legislature want to do? They want to extend this to Medicaid. 
It's working right. so well to kick people off of TNF, so we're going to use it to kick people off Medicaid, too. <laughs> like, right. It just really shows that all of there, we actually care about poor people, and K6, we actually care about poor people, and how he like cries on stage sometimes talking about his duty to protect the poorest among us or whatever the heck he says constantly is complete just BS. Right. Yeah, this uh, this group of mayors uh, went to the Kasich administration. They weren't asking for the full half billion, no. hardly that. They were looking for $12 million out of, out of a pool of $500 million. $12 million looking for uh, programs to prevent water shutoffs, uh, $8 million for that, and $4 million to purchase essential items like diapers, feminine hygiene products, first aid supplies, and over-the-counter medications. Mm-hmm. That's 2.4% of the funds. Right. Two percent. That's what they're asking for. Right. So, you know, Kasich, who's attempted to make himself look moderate, who's, you know, tried to use Medicaid expansion uh, as, as, you know, frankly, a messaging tool to to try and illustrate what government should do is completely failing across the board to, you know, to help these poor families. Uh, and and we always look at TANF because uh, TANF funds are where uh, the Kasich administration and you know Republicans in the legislature pulled away some of those dollars, a million dollars, to go to crisis pregnancy centers. Yes. And I'd always talked about this, saying, "Well, you know, it's terrible because that money would otherwise be going mm-hmm. to these needy families." And now, now we're seeing that, you know, here's this massive pot of mm-hmm. money over here that should be going to the needy families, and it's just sitting in the bank. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's corruption on one hand and just ineffectiveness. And complete just, can't the word popped in my head and I just left, but just no compassion, no caring. Like, sorry, you can't meet this work requirement, but no, not sorry, like, we're just going to cut you off. And we would rather have this money sit in a bank account than to help you have safe drinking water in your house. Right. Yeah. So they actually did give them, I think the interesting fun fact on numbers too, is that they actually did end up giving them like $500,000, which ironically is the same amount of money per year that they give crisis pregnancy centers. Right. So, yeah. They gave them a, a drip from the bucket. Yeah, to they gave them pay one for water bills. Yes, which will meet like one percent of the need. Right. Uh, so you know we've got we've got literal corruption, and then we've got this ineffectiveness. Um, uh, and so uh, ACLU Ohio uh, has identified one of the many causes of this sort of problem, and that's gerrymandering. Mm-hmm. You know, every 10 years we redraw the political map and the party that's in charge gets to pick which voters are going to be in which districts that they run in. And so they're literally deciding what their own constituency looks like. Yes. And that helps Republicans get elected time and time again. Even if the broader state is more moderate, the elected officials are, are chosen by, a, you know, majority Conservatives, and so the entire state has become just solidly Republican in the state house, mm-hmm. uh, and really in the congressional delegation. Oh, yeah. um, and so the ACLU of Ohio is challenging this. Um, American Civil Liberties Union filed a federal lawsuit challenging the Ohio U.S. congressional map as a con- as unconstitutional partisan gerrymandering. 
The lawsuit seeks to replace the map with one that accurately reflects the will of voters and complies with the Constitution. Yes. Yeah, I mean, my district alone is is a great example of that. So I'm in the 12th Congressional District. And so it encompasses a really large swath of the suburban counties north of Columbus. And then this little tiny wedge straight in the middle of Franklin County. Right. So it's got, you know, a little core of Democratic voters washed out with a crap ton of Republicans from these outlining areas. I mean, one of the biggest examples they use for gerrymandering on a national level is the um, Marcy Captor District. Yeah, they may call it. They even call it the um, mistake on the lake, the snake on the lake, the snake on the lake, <laughs> snake on the lake. Cleveland's a mistake on the lake. Um, everybody in Cleveland's going to hate me for that one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah Marcy Captor. Hate mail too. <laughs> right, Marcy Captor's district used to be like Toledo. Yes. Solidly Toledo. And now it's like a bit of Toledo and a bit of Cleveland and the shoreline yes. in between. And so it looks like a snake. And it's technically not even contiguous on land because the only thing that connects <laughs> the Cleveland area shoreline to the Toledo shoreline is a bridge. Hmm. So there is actually not contiguous actual land mass. Right. So if you wanted to drive from uh, one end of Marcy Captor's district to the other, you'd need a ferry. Yes. <laughs> or, a bridge. or this bridge. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, Ted Strickland's old congressional district, too, was 212 miles long and 50 miles wide. It basically went from south of Youngstown all the way along the edge of the Ohio border all the way through Appalachia. Right. And, you know, when when your districts are stretched out like that, it's difficult to be an elected official because, you know, first off, you, you literally would have all-day drives yes. to get back and forth just to talk to your own people. Uh, you don't have consolidated communities that you can talk to. You're talking to strings of communities mm-hmm. um, who, who might be facing different local issues uh, that they don't all, you know, stick together with. Um and, and, you know, most importantly, this system creates uh, unchecked one-party rule, which leads to so much of the mm-hmm. corruption that we've talked about already. Yeah. And just not competitive districts. I mean, it really is fraudulent to the voters. Yes. Because your vote really doesn't matter. Right. The, the members of the legislature have decided that their vote counts more than your vote does. Right. It doesn't matter how the people of the district vote this person's going to win. And, and it does. It works on both sides. I mean, we've got solidly Democratic districts. Like, a Republican couldn't challenge Joyce Beatty or Marsha Fudge. I mean, these districts are just too solidly Democratic. But then they do the same thing, and they create the Pat T. Well, the former Pat T. Berry seat, Congressional District 12, where, you know, you're bleeding some of the Dems out to wash out with the, with the Republicans. So, yeah, I mean, we don't have any real competitive right. congressional districts in the state of Ohio. Yeah. It doesn't matter how me or my neighbors vote, Joyce Beatty is going to get reelected. Yes. It doesn't matter how my mom votes or all of her neighbors because Warren Davidson over there is mm-hmm. going to get reelected. Um, you're right. They're, they're not then, competitive. Yeah. And then they're not accountable to you. Right. And that you, you were supposed to be their boss. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yay, ACLU suing somebody else. Right. Go get them. They're not accountable. And then the next thing you know, the FBI is knocking down the Speaker of the House's door. Mm-hmm. Speaking of corruption, yeah, you want to talk about some federal corruption? 
Light it up. <laughs> Speaking of um, elected officials under investigation, huh? What other one is? <laughs> so the president. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, beyond all the investigations and scandal and whatever is going on there today. Um, last a couple of weeks ago, we heard that the Trump administration was going to copy what state legislators in Ohio and a bunch of other states have already done and defund Planned Parenthood. Mm -hmm. It's a favorite talking point, you know? Right. So um, we haven't actually seen what it is because supposedly they've shared it with anti-choice groups and anti-choice legislators but aren't actually sharing it publicly yet. Funny how that happens. Yeah. So... But what we understand it to be is that no one who provides abortion care or refers for abortion care or anything like that would be able to get, or even shares office space with, would be able to get any of the Title X family planning funding, which is kind of the gap service provider for family planning and SCD testing and pregnancy testing and a whole host of like reproductive health care for men and women. Um, that goes to you know nonprofit clinics for the most part, like Planned Parenthood or Family Planning Associates of Northeast Ohio, or a whole bunch of other kind of nonprofit family planning services in Ohio and across the country. So for people who are underinsured or don't have the coverage or don't have other access to care, they can go to these places and get it on a sliding scale or for free uh, to be able to access the services they need. Right. So they'd already made some changes to the program by allowing crisis pregnancy centers and other places to say that they counsel people on like natural family planning and like the rhythm method and all those things and withdrawal uh-huh. and like not <laughs> real contraception. Right. Um, and allowing them to use, to say that they do that and therefore qualify for title 10, which was not something that was, they were eligible for before. So they've already watered down the program and started stressing abstinence and secondary abstinence and like secondary virginity and all these things in the title 10 program, which are all just complete BS. Secondary virginity. Uh huh. Uh huh. You may have been sexual active before, but you know, just stop and we'll celebrate your sexual secondary virginity game. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's not how this works. Um, not how any of this works. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Tr- what Trump is pushing is it's a domestic gag rule. Yes. Uh, so this would make it almost impossible for many to access birth control or preventative health care from reproductive health clinics like Planned Parenthood. Uh, I'm obviously reading this. Uh, prohibit doctors, nurses, hospitals, and community health care centers across the country from referring their patients for safe and legal abortion. Uh, and it would remove the guarantee that patients are getting full and accurate information about their health care from their doctors and providers. So, yeah, you know, kind of what you said, it's it's the abortion providers lose access to do preventive health care, like mm-hmm. breast and cervical cancer screenings and HIV tests. The community health providers out there lose the ability to make referrals to abortion providers. So both sides of the family planning, um, you know, healthcare universe get harmed by this. Um, Reagan had a rule very similar to this, mm-hmm. um, but presidents since then, you know, not even George uh, W. Bush, uh, he had his Mexico City rule, which was awful mm-hmm. for international, but he didn't even try yeah. domestic gag rule. Well, even Reagan's was blocked by the courts. 
So, right. I mean, Reagan and tried to institute it, and then it was blocked in the courts for First Amendment reasons. And so, I would expect that um, there would be lawsuits to this as well. Right. So, yeah, they've already tried it in Ohio, and Planned Parenthood's already sued, and the courts have already ruled in favor of Planned Parenthood, saying that the state can't say that you can only get money if you don't say the word abortion out loud um, or provide abortions or those kind of things. So you can't discriminate giving this pot of money because they do these things with another pot of money. So my guess would be that similar things would happen when lawsuits happen on this front. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've had defunding here in the state of Ohio twice now. Yes. The first time Kasich defunded Planned Parenthood, he was going after their access to Title X funds. Um, that was through the state. The health centers uh, were getting federal funding. This is that federal funding. Yes. So for Planned Parenthood patients here in the state of Ohio, this would effectively, you know, if fully implemented, this would effectively complete the defunding of Planned Parenthood that Kasich already started. Yes. Um, and DeWine be... is fighting to protect in court. Oh, yeah. DeWine loves this. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's really happy about this. Um, so, yeah, it's it's totally disgusting. Mm-hmm. Trump gag rule. Yes. Maybe that's why there's a sinkhole in the White House lawn. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't on your agenda, but come on. There's a sinkhole in the White House lawn. <laughs> Symbolic and literal sinkhole. Somebody mentioned and somebody joked on Twitter that Melania Trump's um, escape tunnel collapsed. <laughs> somebody, no, somebody, um, uh, when, when Trump first got elected, they drew a cartoon of Melania tunneling out of the White House. Mm-hmm. And so they pulled up this tweet <laughs> that showed this drawing <laughs> of her like tunneling out in this big hole in the lawn. Uh-huh. Now the hole oh, is there. there. Yes. <laughs> So, yes, you should um, definitely go check out um, Twitter on the White House sinkhole because it's right. really hilarious. Melania, or Melanie, as Trump tweets at her. Gosh. Did you see that? No. He misspelled his wife's name. He tweeted Melanie. <laughs> and he doesn't she... know the difference between HIV and HPV. Like, oh, my yeah. God. Can this guy be more incumbent? I hate to ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. So, maybe I should just keep my mouth shut. Yes. Uh, one more quote here from, from our national office. The Trump administration and the anti-choice extremists he is pandering to with this dangerous rule know that knowledge is power, which is why they are directly attacking a woman's right to know exactly what her full range of options are when it comes to an unintended pregnancy. Yeah. Donald Trump. Mm. Okay. Can we talk about coming good? Yeah, let it up. Stacey Abrams won in Georgia last night. That's so awesome. She's amazing. It was really cool because it was two Stacys. That wasn't the cool part, but there were two Stacys running for <laughs> for um, the Democratic ticket down there, um, and one was um, running more moderate and more to like the center to try to get some of those Trump voters that might have gone over. And Stacey Abrams decided that she was going to hold on to her progressive values and stand up for what she believed in and really run a really great progressive campaign for office. And she won, which is fabulous and wonderful. So now she will go up against the Republican who I don't know who it is because I haven't been paying attention to that side um, this fall. So she is an amazing black woman um, who ran just a really strong, great campaign and will be a great candidate this fall. Right. First black woman to ever won a to win a party nomination for, for governor. governor. 
which is terrific. Yes. So this is this is the year, you know. <laughs> look, look and see who's running to represent your district because, um, you know, we talked about how the, the map is rigged, but you know, this is the year to to bust through. Yes. So, even with rigged maps, you can bust through because that's one of my favorite female candidate stories ever is Connie Pillich out of Cincinnati. Um, it was State House District 28. The Republicans actually redrew the district to kick her out of the Ohio House. And then she managed to win by the biggest margin she had ever won by. They gave them a big middle finger. So, yay. <laughs> so even with rigged districts, if voters really get out and really get motivated and, and vote, 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 then right. you can beat the system. Right. Uh, okay, so let's quickly talk about upcoming events. Um, June 2nd is a pair of Pride Fests, one mm-hmm. in Dayton, uh, one in Cleveland, the Pride and the CLE. This is the second year for that festival. Yes. Uh, can you explain what Pride and the CLE is? How is it different than Cleveland Pride? Well, actually, this year they're combined, so there will okay. not be two. Last year there were actually two. There was Pride and the CLE and Cleveland Pride, and this year they have rejoined forces so that there's only one Pride in Cleveland, and it is Pride and the CLE on June 2nd. So it will be awesome and amazing and a great um, lineup of speakers and march and all the things that you expect, and they're fabulous Nice. Pride. pride um, if you want to volunteer with our organizer, Hannah, she will yes. be up there attending that festival. Uh, she needs volunteers. Uh, you can find links to all of this stuff in the show notes. Uh, down in Dayton, Kelly, uh, our central and southern Ohio volunteer, uh, is going to Dayton. Dayton Pride is a nice kind of, it's a, it's a smaller pride fest. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a Saturday afternoon gig. She's got a couple shifts there, needs some people to you know, hang out, have fun at a festival, hand out some stuff, hand out some clipboards, get some petition signatures. Um, not too hard. Yeah, actually a really great time. I Actually, Dayton Pride is one of my favorites because it's really well attended and there's a lot of people. It's actually one of, when I was there at least that many years ago, really one of the most diverse crowds of a, of a Pride Festival. And just as a really great, relaxed kind of afternoon in the, in the park. So right. go hang out in Dayton. It's fabulous. Um, we're going to be at many pride festivals throughout yes. the summer. We'll have links to all of those up, uh, to volunteer, uh, in subsequent weeks. Um, the day after both of these events, June 3rd, Kelly's got a, a pro choice AF tie dye party. Um, so if you want to come to our office here in Columbus, tie dye some shirts, she's got some, uh, NARAL Ohio shirts for sale. Uh, you can participate in that. Should be a, a fun crafternoon. Yes, we did them in the in the office last week. Well, most of us did. Gabe was a I, spoil sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I have a fabulous tank top, and you can have one too if you come on June third. Right. Um. Uh. And then at the end of June, skipping past many events, um, we're going to be at Comfest. We've sent out uh, an um. Uh, an email to to get people to sign up uh, as Comfest volunteers. Many of those shifts are already full, um, but we still need some folks. So if you want to join us at Comfest, and then the Sunday of that weekend, uh, we're going to head over to Ace of Cups that night to see Lady Parts Justice League's Vagical Mystery Tour. Uh, we saw them up in Cleveland last year. They're back in Ohio, but this time they're finally coming to my town. Yay! Um, so that should be a hilarious end to Comfest weekend. Um, so link to volunteer with us at Comfest in the show notes. 
uh, and then join us on June 24th at Ace of Cups. Yay. Cool. All right. All right. That's it. See you next week. Bye. Bye.